Welcome to the People Leaders Podcast, the audio resource for managers and business leaders creating high-performing teams. Join leadership and team development experts Jan and Michelle Turkelson each week as they explore both subjects from every angle. Through practical tips, valuable insights, and compelling interviews with leadership experts around the world, you'll learn how to bring out the best in your staff and how to give your best as a leader. So, hello everyone. This is um, Jan from People Leaders. It's, I'm flying solo today. Michelle's not with us. She's um, up in Kempsey with my mum, which is another backstory, which we'll get into another time. However, I'm here in Melbourne and I'm going to do a special interview with um, one of our, um, who's become a friend with us now, Vicky, who is the office manager to the managing director of Melbourne Water and has been in this position for four years. And the reason why we wanted to take this tack is when we talk about um, people leadership, we're actually talking about leading the self. And not only do you lead yourself through leading your career, um, your areas of influence and leading your own development, it's also around leading your career in general. And we really think that Vicky is such a wonderful example of how she has created a, a new focus and area for executive assistants, uh, for executive assistants and also office managers. And we wanted to do this interview. So for those out there looking at an, uh, to reframe the way in which they approach their career, um, I think we can learn a lot from Vicky. So hello, Vicky. Hi. <laughs> um, so really glad that uh, we can do this. So if you could just give us a brief background about um, some of your roles so we can get an understanding of the context around what led you to, to where you are now. Sure. Um, thanks, Jan. So as context and background, I do come from working as an executive assistant that was first identified when I was more in a customer service role from a businessman um, when I was working on Hamilton Island and he was in the ASX and said, you've got transferable skills to come and work at board level, straight into board level and EA level at the top level from coming from working in retail. So off I flew to Sydney and started doing that and I was very fortunate to do it at ASX level and then work with Clemenger's BBDO, who um, is the highest, I think the biggest marketing company in Australia. So rapidly being thrown into that area you have to hit the ground running and be um, involved as opposed to just taking a back seat and being process driven right you actually have to you know 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 what's going on in the organization to be able to work with those groups of people and be customer focused with their customers and their stakeholders which is one of the key things right and that's what I love about you is that I, I already had the question forming around transferable skills and you already preempted it by saying that you were customer focused you actually understand you know that the impact about what the um, the organization is doing and understanding mm -hmm. their strategy so do you think are there any other transferable skills that you that that person identified in you specifically? Yes, absolutely. My curiosity for knowledge, um, I'm always asking questions, looking for things to read, um, but, and not just knowledge about, you know, business and corporate worlds, but also about people in general and what makes them tick, how they get to where they get to, like you do with careers and influencing and things like that. I'm also very interested in those areas. 
which is how it, you know, later on led me to working in government. I knew nothing about government, but because I was interested in it and wanted to know more about it and saw it as a challenge and was open and honest about that, that's how I ended up in government, you know, and I'm still here 15 years later. Yeah, yeah. So. Oh, and this is such a typical example of that growth mindset, you know, like you're put into a position and instead of, you know, like withdrawing, you actually jumped in and being mm. open and curious and wanting to develop and progress. So um, the other focus that we wanted to have a look at is that if someone is in an executive assistant position now or an office manager and they wanted to perhaps broaden their scope, can we? Can you just give us an idea of what are some of the activities you would be doing if you were more admin focused as opposed to more strategically focused? Yep. So admin focused, as we know, at that EA level, people just automatically go into diary management or, you know, facilitating things that work for the MD, whether it's travel, whether it's just making their life easier in a low admin level. For me, that's probably just the sand that fills the big rocks, so to say. It's the, that's the thing that everyone comes with and it really shouldn't be taking up the majority of our time because we own it and we manage it. So it's really dictated by the person in that role. The, the strategic side of things is working with the relationships with the managing director, working through the complexities of how they're working with other organisations and being open to maybe suggesting things, having a voice, not being scared to speak up, but going, have you thought about because you actually are the eyes and the ears, kind of that window to the organisation and everything that's going on totally. while they're running off. So, so how challenging would it be, though, for an EA who has a managing director that perhaps wasn't as open mm. to forming that relationship? Like, did you go into that relationship being clear about what it is that you wanted? Yes. Right. That's one of my things that I would encourage everybody to do is when choosing a role, Choose it carefully and be very honest in the interview that what what drives you and what your expectations are going into any organisation, that you want career development, that you want to be involved in other projects, that you want to learn and you want to grow while under the umbrella of working in a leadership team, whether it's a GM level EA or whether it's an MD Right. So if I'm if I'm a, a managing director and I'm thinking, yeah, but I, I just need someone to actually who will still manage my diary and understand, mm. what are some of the other benefits for them mm. of having an EA who yeah, is a little great. bit more strategic? You know? So and I always I always ensure their confidence that they're going to get that. Mm. They're going to get that, but they're going to get more from me as well. Right. So never will, and that's my commitment to the person that I work with. You know, I won't let these things drop, which I know are important to you to make your life easier and make the organisation run. I understand that. However, on top of that, these are the other things that I would like to do. And then they commit back to you and allowing you to do that and the proviso that you don't let those things drop. Right. It's an expectation that you set. It's just setting up expectation and standards for each other and how you're going to work together. And sure, it's a little bit of dancing, a little bit of storming and forming mm. and norming until you work it out together. Mm. But it's, it can be a really lovely thing um, and, it you know, it builds trust. The organisation then comes to you as a different voice. You earn a seat at the table with the leadership. It's all those sort of things that transition and, you know, progress into as well. Okay. So if I'm an EA, I've started the conversation with my managing director mm -hmm. around that and I'm not really seeing much traction. What would you recommend I do? Have another conversation or... 
So every organization has their tools. So at Melbourne Water, we have what's called POD in our career development. So you set them out also in the tools that the organization provides for you. So because everyone also has, you know, including EAs with their MDs, you actually have those yearly performance reviews. And that's not just a review for you, that's a review for how you feel that you're working with your organization and what you're getting and you're not getting. And I, you know, I always walk into those reviews not looking to hear about what I'm doing well and getting the constructive. I also look about, you know, building my capability as most organizations do these days, commit to in trying to entice you to work for them. Mm. So it's it's also talking about it and having it in writing it, putting in your tools, working to it. Don't just work to your MD, also reach out to the other branches of the organisation. You can't rely on the MD, you've got to rely on yourself to self-manage and self-influence. You know, mm-hmm. Okay, that's great. That's a really good tip. So if I was in that position now and I put it in my performance objectives, what are some of those things that I would be actually putting in my PDR or some of the things I would be doing? Yeah. So one of my key tips is you see everything that comes across the desk of the MD. So I actually try to put objectives in that I know is going to enhance my work with the MD, so it is something that's still going to be working with the MD but working with the organisation at the same time. I won't go too rogue into the organisation left field that won't keep me connected to the office. So, for example, I've picked things like working on the annual report, working on our corporate plan, working on with, you know, a group when they're developing something in our people and capability area that is very close connected to home that keeps me abreast both. And giving confidence to the MD, you know, because you're theirs mm-hmm. and you're working for them, that you're just there and, yes, you're working on a project that he's got visibility to as well. Sure. And then later on years to come, they they tend to let you go a bit further and do go work into a project where they don't have line of sight and have, you know, you're off doing something and they're fine with how you're doing it. It's more about keeping that tactile relationship, not in the confidence of your ability, but in the confidence that you're still there. There, right. And so if you were to work more closely on the annual report, what are some of the things that you would be doing? So I make sure that I um, get to write and look after the MD introduction. Every MD and every GM has a voice and they all have their own introduction. So I would often say, can I have a go at that? And they're like, sure, because they don't want to spend their time writing yeah, those right, things. Right. And so they want to set out the objectives and the strategic objectives of the year. You have line of sight of that. You know how they write. You know what their style is. Also, I ask back and proofread, you know, and I make sure I pick something up. Right. You know, I'm, I, uh, it's a bit cheeky, but I make sure I change something and I make sure that I've got the influence to go, have we thought about maybe doing it this way? I've had a look at some others, and that's what I do. We're in water, so I go and look at the other water annual reports. So yeah. I have a look at the previous ones, and I make sure we're shifting a little bit with the momentum of either the state government or the board or the objectives and stuff like that because you've got access to it. Mm, mm. So, yeah, yeah. Great tips. Um, the, the other thing that I wanted to ask you is that in another organisation that um, EA to the managing director is now starting to collaborate with other EAs mm. in the organisation mm. and um, bringing them together, running workshops. How do you feel about that progression? Yeah, I think it's I think it's great. We do it here at Melbourne Water. We could we could do it better, 
I mean, with every role, you know, I, I feel like you've got your anomalies of people who want to progress, but you'd also have the EAs who want to do that as their career for their life. Mm. So when you're bringing those people together, one thing I'm always mindful of is not forcing people to do things they don't want to do because they could be in a career that they've chosen like you're choosing to do differently. So mm. you've got to have a bit of a hybrid model in enabling them to stay within their EA realm and be comfortable and okay to do that. Absolutely, yeah. But also enabling those who do want to progress. So we do it here at Melbourne Water in a sense of I've asked, you know, who wants to act in my role when I'm not here and vice versa with others and what other roles in the organisation do you see yourself you want to do, you know, so we have administration when it comes to working on incidents and things like that and getting exposure. So we identify those sort of things here internally. And then again, externally, we have groups of people who get together. Same thing, you have people who want to transfer into EA roles in different places. Mm. But then you'll have a pocket of people who go, oh, Vicky, how did you, you know, how are you going over here with this project and how do I get to do that? So it's being able to shift the conversation in that level and understanding that you're a leader in that sense too mm, mm. for an administration group. Yeah, that's a great idea. So with those, when we're talking about those key qualities, so at the beginning of the interview we talked about those transferable skills, what do you, sum, what do you think are some of those really key qualities that effective EAs have, especially if we're looking at lifting the level of influence and focus that they have? I think being personable is a very key quality, but also being able to adapt the role that you play. You are a face for the managing director and the leadership, so you have to play different roles with different people. And you have to be that chameleon in, sh in shifting how you get things out of people. So can you give us an example? So for an example um, that I go through probably on my day-to-day -day is I need to be firm with some people to get an outcome. And the things I think of that we all experience is IT. I can't have the managing director without a phone or without a laptop, so I'm not going to wait. And I have to let them know that I'm not going to wait. I'm not rude and I'm not aggressive, but I'm firm in that I want that response now and you're looking after the managing director and we can't have him without his assets. So I make that happen and I make it happen immediately <laughs> right. you know whereas if I'm working with a different part of the organization and, and they need more time to do things and you can see that they're quite stressed and you can see you work with them okay so what's it going to take to get you down here what's what do you need from me to make that help what can I talk to the managing director about how can I help you and then get them down here because you know people do look at you and go they don't look at me and go Vicky they look at me and go oh managing director right and you've got to be very aware of that and use that skill set very well. Mm. The other thing I would say that, you know, those officers need is to be quick on their feet, to be resilient, to be agile. They're skills that are all transferable into other roles that people really look for. It's behavioural versus technical. Right. So how would you then give advice to someone to flex their style. So how could you improve by being, you know, being agile? Um, I would, I, so myself, I pick someone who is agile and I shadowed them for a little bit and watching how they are under certain circumstances. Mentoring, buddying up, buddying up and shadowing is a really great way to do that. You can do courses as well. Most organisations have, you know, resilience training and things like that. You can put yourself through to change your, your set mindset on how you think mm -hmm. about these things. 
but then also putting your hand up to work on projects where you might have to do that without thinking about yes. it. So, you know, we as Melbourne Water, we have incident responses sort of thing or putting your hand up for things that you know you've got timelines you can't miss so you have to put yourself under pressure for deadlines. That's great, yeah. So it's it's putting yourself out of your comfort. Again, self-influencing, self-managing and mm. um, picking up on those skills. And then there's the other skill sets with the technical Keep doing the education piece. Do writing course skills. Do a diploma in something, you know, if you want to transfer out of that EA role. So it looks like you care about that stuff as mm, well. Mm, mm. It's a hybrid of both. Yeah, but but I like that about being really specific about is it, you know, like writing skills or communication skills yeah. or presenting skills, whatever that is, but it's actually that, you know, keep on developing. Yeah. So can you share with us what is the best piece of advice you think you've received from your managing director or feedback that you've received that you want to share with us? Because we're all about feedback. Yeah, we are all about feedback. And, you know, I've had a few managing directors give me feedback and it's it's also about knowing when to have a voice mm. and when not. So there's... Yes, you ha- you earn that, as we talked about in that trust and establishing a relationship and career development. But it's also watching the room, having the peripheral vision and listening, you know, not jumping up and speaking because you've had a thought. Sit on it because sometimes someone else actually might say it. You are sitting in a group of a leadership who are very well experienced, who often are sitting there with the same thought as you. If they have that thought, be really proud that you've had the thought even though you haven't had the voice and talk about it later with your managing director, you know, say I noticed that or something. So for me it's about observing, listening and watching and, you know, I've I've gone through it. I've had voices when I shouldn't and later on, you know, never have been reprimanded in the room but going just maybe sit back for a little bit and it's been a really key, you know, listen to what's not being said, use your airtime extremely well. Great. And so does that mean your airtime when you have your one-on-ones with your managing director or when you're in front of someone, is that what you're talking about? Yes. Right. Okay. And I don't just have meetings for the sake of them. So if I ask for a meeting, they'll go, oh, what's this about? Okay. Why do you want to talk to me? Right. Okay. So, so you're um, prepared and planned. Yes. Okay. That's fantastic. So if we were to um, open the conversation to our manager now about we wanted to have a more strategic focus, mm. how would you go about it? Or yeah, if you could give us some tips around how you would approach it, would you come in with a plan or would it just be yeah, a soft so you conversation? you hinted on it before. Always prepare yourself. Go away before you go in and have a conversation. Sit down and have it, write it out, have a think about it. Have a look at what um, the key competencies require for the things that you want to do. So every organisation has levels. So at Melbourne Water we have a level from a 1 to a 7 and then a senior manager as such. So what you're looking at, you know, when I think about EAs, the transferable skills are very common into events management or comms or HR. So have a look at those things. And then sit down and write down where you think some of your gaps might be or what it is you might need to do to get there. Plan it out. Have a look at how it might work for you, but not just you. You need to think about the people that you work for um, and what they've got going on. So something I always do is go, yes, I want to do this course. Yes, I need to work on these things. But then I'll go and look at the year ahead and the diary ahead and what we've got on together. Right. So I'm not disrupting the organisation because you're, you're a very vital role and people rely on you. So you need to be showing that you've got empathy and looking at that and then be authentic 
about it and show that you've done it and say, look, I've looked at it. This is where I think we can do that. And then also prepare in your plan who might be able to sit in your seat in their career progression because they've identified that and you also because your hard work is you need to be able to assist them when they call you because they're not going to be able to do everything mm. because you've got that relationship mm. and plan that out on a piece of paper what that looks like and then present it and it shows that you've thought about it you've thought about you you've thought about them and more importantly you've thought about the organization in getting there yeah and and what you just described are all those key elements of people management yeah so even if you're not managing people we're still influencing people because all of us like we read in a report i think yesterday hbr that every person now is doing more like up to 50 percent more collaborative activities than they did in the Mm. last you know um 10 years so more and more of our time is through collaboration you know absolutely and have those com- and having those conversations. conversations yeah. Speaking of conversations, I actually wanted to ask you around um, how you approach the difficult conversation. So, in your role, are there instances where you have to have that difficult conversation, like give feedback to someone, mm. or um, you know, like managing up, or how how would that look, and how have you? Yes. So often I have to give feedback on behalf of the managing director. Oh, okay. that's your role, right? So, and it's a really tricky one, and it's about it's about branding as well. So you've got your own personal brand, but you also wear the brand of the managing director and the organisation, and it's how you deliver it. Because I know that some people look at me and go, "Oh, he's here." So in giving feedback, as you would appreciate, there's always look for the positive that they've done in there as well. So give them something they have done well and give them constructive in there too. Sometimes it's really direct feedback, but also let them know where the feedback's coming from. It's okay to be honest and go, listen, I know the position I'm in right now and giving you this feedback and I work for the managing director. So I want you to remember that, that I'm Vicky or whoever you are. But let's have a chat about this. Right. But then also have a chat about what is it that we can do to make that better for you. And often something is because you know how the system works. For me, if people have given things directly to the managing director without having someone look at it or do something, they're small gifts that you can give someone. He likes me to read everything. Everybody knows that. So sometimes when they go in without something, they'll be he'll be like, has Vicky seen this? And they might be no. And it's not about gatekeeping. It's because I know how his style is and his writing and we're cutting out time of him having to do that. Who, a managing director doesn't have time to mm. sit there and do things. Mm. So it's not about, just about giving feedback of the direct but also about how you can do it better with the organisation and working better to get in there. Great. So if you were asked to give feedback to someone directly from the managing director, do you ever ask, and it's pretty harsh feedback perhaps, mm. do you ever ask, so is there anything positive I could tell them as well or how do you manage that because oh, you have to deliver it? You know, sometimes with, it depends on who your managing director is. Yes. Sometimes they'll give that to you anyway or they'll just go, go and tell such and such X, Y, Z. Right. You know, so, and it's how you frame it by the time you get to sure, X, Y, Z, sure. you know. <laughs> sometimes myself, I have to sit down and go, oh, okay, how am I going to do this? And, you know, sometimes it's even about not giving the feedback and knowing your boss and knowing he's just having a moment and mm. letting it sit mm, mm. and then go, sure, I'm going to do that. I'm a little bit busy, but I'll get to that a bit later. 
And sometimes, more often not, they've got round to it and you don't need to do it. You know, so it's also about getting the temperature. In giving feedback to the EA group or people in the organisation in difficult feedback, I do that too. And that's more about um, protection as well. So in our roles, it's protecting often them or the managing director or the leadership about something. So, for example, if if I can see something is happening that the MD needs to know about that people are too scared to tell him, I'm like, either you do it or I'm going to do it and this is how we're going to do it. Right. You know, so you, you need to remember that sort of place and you need to play that role, um, which also, again, is transferable skill sets when you're looking at your career development. Also giving diff- difficult feedback on, you know, how your team is going. So with the EAs, if you've got to give difficult feedback on, you know, often about skill sets that they can pick up on or do better for their general manager or the organisation, that's often gone through the person that looks for the MD and helping, you know, that being that lead in that sort of sense. So the way I go about doing that is often I'll give group feedback, something that we can all work on better together because it's just something that we all do So mm-hmm. um, and not point fingers. I think it's really important because you're a team, right? Uh, and working, you know, on this bit. So, you know, for example, we're, the organisation right now is going through board writing skills. So, and there is some, you know, you, often you've got people who are great at that and people who are not. So, you like, let's do this together. Everyone needs to do this, not just so you can understand how to write, but so you can understand what's coming through and how you expect your team to write. You know, the people who are writing things. Mm. It's how you phrase it. Yeah, absolutely. And part of that is what we just said is like planning, Mm. having a plan in place. So you have shared so many tips of just being, you know, (laughs) writing things down. So just to wrap up, um, some of the things that I have taken away is that be really clear about what it is that you want to achieve in your role because when you have a focus, then you know how to actually um, plan for that. Know what your transferable skills are. Um, have the conversation. Um, put them in your performance objectives and then can continuously have a look at how you can improve. So what would you want to leave people with having this conversation and knowing, you know, the position that you've been able to create create for yourself, what would you want to leave them with? Everything that you said I think is really vital, but something I thought about as you were talking about that is also being really honest and transparent about where you're at and not um, not having any surprises either. Right. So... You know, there's, I would, I would, I would hate to think a managing director walked into a room and said, "Oh yeah, Vicky's working on this," and he go, "What? What do you mean?" So make sure you've got that conversation and relationship really fluid, and you chit chat, and when you've got the time, um, in setting expectations, but also being really authentic and honest and transparent about what you're doing and why you're doing it. Um, that's been a key part of my position and my career progression to get me what, where I am, um, you know. And don't be scared. Mm. Don't be scared to ask for things. Just because you work for, you know, some very important people, you make, you're important too. Mm, mm. You're an extension of them. Mm, I love that. And so, which has driven me to another couple of questions, but I'm just thinking of the people who are listening to the interview. What 
are some of your high value activities? What are some of the things that you do every day that you think really um, creates a good standard? I'm a little bit different in how I do things. As we're, you know, if you were to know me, people would tell you. But I temperature check across the organisation. I'll often be found walking on floors, and I have a joke with managing director. He sometimes needs to put a bell on me, but he knows that I do that because he's busy. So you know, if I can see there's a stressful area, I will, um, you know, in a way manage that downstairs in how we bring, you know, if he needs to talk to them or bring them down or, you know, look after them in that sense. I think that's really valuable to the mm. organisation. And the organisation soon pick up that you're doing it and then they'll start to talk to you about it right. as well. So if you're on a floor, you I'll often get, oh, Vicky, <laughs> can I talk to you about, oh, Vicky, did you know we've got this going on? So they know that I'm doing it. And I'm actually honest about it. Yeah, you know, yeah. I don't hide it either. So people... They often see you and go, why are they on the floor? And I'm like, I'm just having a chat. I'm just temperature checking. Love that. I wear it, yes, you yes, know. Yes. So often they're like, oh, okay, yeah. you know. And, and then they'll have a joke with you. What's the mood today? Yeah. What's the weather pattern today? <laughs> so, and, it's Ill, and, it's, and that stuff is really valuable to the managing director to know. And, you know, and if, some, if he's put out a plan or a project that he plans to do, I can go to him going, this is not being well received. How are you going to manage this? What's your comms plan? Because this is the noise at my level, at my peer level, which is, as we know, the highest workforce level, you know, is often that group yes. of people. So that is the voice that matters. Mm. So, mm. We, you know, we, we, we joke about that, you know, or oh, that's not getting going down well. Or I'm like, this is great. This is, this is, this is being really well received. And then he'll ask. Have you had feedback about this? Right. Have you had feedback right, about that? Right, right, and you become so, a conduit And you become that. that. And mm. you, not only that, but you become that bridge. You become that safe place for people to talk to. Mm. It's not seen as, you know, often dobbing or that sort of thing. It's actually being that conduit, as you said, that yeah. bridge, that, you know, knocking down that wall and that barrier. And that perception that you are a gatekeeper and a barrier, that's, these are not these roles. Yeah. These roles are something to open up to be able to have a safe place in our conversation. Yeah. And what a wonderful, um, you know, space to have that level of responsibility, accountability, influence, influence. and also vision mm. across the whole business. You know, like when you're describing an EA's position, it's like, yeah, man, that just yeah. sounds like something, yeah, that um, a lot of people who were in different positions actually could aspire to. They're great roles. Mm, mm, they're not mm. they're not traditional anymore. No. They're not sit behind, get me a cup of tea and yeah. have, you know, manage my diary or book mm. my flights. Mm. But we don't hear about that though. We don't hear about how organizations are redefining roles mm. only in, you know, some areas, but not in these areas that were very traditional. So yep. it's been really um, fresh and insightful to see how it actually is. But it's yeah. not just up to the organization to redefine them. Mm. It's up to us as a collective mm. to redefine, mm. just like an engineer would do in keeping up to date on what's happening in their industry. It's the same with any role. Mm. So it's, as it's up to us to self-influence and self-manage the organisation's expectations yeah. on how they treat you, on what you deliver and what, what your mindset and your, you know, what you plan to do. Yeah, yeah, I love it. So if you just leave us with what do you think has been your biggest takeaway um, this year for you, an insight or a takeaway? Uh, the 
biggest takeaway for me on a personal level um, is I've actually just, um, I'm moving into a new role in the organisation through the career development. So I'm moving into an engagement advisor role through everything we've just talked about. Great, congratulations. Yeah, thank you. So the biggest takeaway in, you know, everything that I've done, and it's, it sounds little, but it's quite important. Is you, you know, when I went into a career development secondment to demonstrate my transferable skills, which you know have been identified through the career development centre, is not the skill set. It's actually showing the organisation and the team that you're working with that you can work at a team level, because you do come with some authority. They do look at you like, oh, Vicky's in our team. What does this mean? So it's being part of the team and leaving that behind and showing that you can do it, not being part of that power core mm, mm, mm. Um, and really demonstrating and being you and your own brand and leaving the brand of the MD office, as we talked about earlier, and the leadership behind and bringing all the transferable stuff and applying it to the role that you're in with the team that you're in. Mm. Sure, you can still influence with your connections and your contacts, but yeah, being part of the team and not being boastful. Oh, I know that person. I could do right, that. Right, yeah. No one likes <laughs> those. you could, yes. You could, but no one likes those people. Right, so right, yeah. my biggest takeaway from this year is doing that and I really thought about it. I thought about it before going in and how I was going to do it and how I was going to check myself mm. because I was sitting in a team that worked heavily with the managing director and I could hear them trying to work things out. So biting my tongue and not going, here's how you do it. Right. And letting them work it out because the other thing you have to remember is if you do want to career develop into another role, the organisation has to shift as well to the new person that goes in that role and work it out together. They're not going to be able to rely on you anymore because you're over here. Mm. So they have to do that storming, forming, norming again Mm. with someone new. Mm. Probably my biggest takeaway. That's fantastic. I love it because sometimes when I ask that question, you know, like it just rolled off your tongue, like which a lot of things do. You are so full of um, insight and we really appreciate spending some time with us and I know that people are going to get some really um, great valuable tips. And the idea is to actually start putting something into action. So if anything has come up for you while listening to this, notice what is coming up for you because your body is actually giving you messages around, ah, yeah, okay, that is a good idea and then take some action um, to, to move forward on that. And that's our invitation. So thank you, Vicky. Thank you. That was wonderful. All right, over and out. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the People Leaders Podcast. For show notes and other resources, please visit us at peopleleaderspodcast.com. While you're there, you can subscribe for future episodes so you can continue your own leadership journey. And please be sure to share this and other episodes with your friends and colleagues. The People Leaders Podcast is brought to you by the Experts On Air Podcast Network.